Of Sam and Maggie Season five. Ugh. Here, here we are, the big cinco, and I gotta say, I'm feeling great. Um, <laughs> sure. Maybe it's just because I had like a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really that Glee put me in a good mood. Um, even though I did just come off the episode, I watched it last night and I didn't take notes uh, because I was in my bathtub and mm-hmm. I have a tendency to drop things in there while I'm in there. So I was like, got to leave the notebook over there. And I was like, ah, I'll just take notes tomorrow. And then when we were getting ready to record, uh, this was a, maybe like an hour ago or so, I was like, hey, Sam, so listen, I haven't taken notes. Do you want to just, you know, carry uh, like three-fourths of the podcast tonight and and he was like no no he 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 was very gentle about it being like you need to take those notes (laughs) uh so i took them you're welcome audience I, I also appreciate it, Maggie. It's really funny because you say I was gentle, but I literally walked out of my walked out of the office I'm in and like went to Chris was like, ah! and then just kind of like unleashed and like you know you know I'm the cause of global warming. It's fine anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, because you put out so much hot air, or yes. Speaking of hot air, <laughs> this week we're talking about season five, episode one. Love, love, love. Um, man, this episode. Okay, so originally aired on September twenty sixth, twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, which there's this is notable because it's later than most of the season started. Um, it's because and, and I don't want to get into this right now, but Corey Monteith passed away the summer before this season started. Um, yeah. And so that delayed um, production f- pretty like intensely because like they ended up not starting production for like an extra month or two um but it ended up pushing the uh first episode back a couple weeks so this is just a few weeks later than they originally planned um so that's kind of the story as to why it's a little later it's also the beginning of their beatles tribute which is yes I, i feel like at the time it was more significant because like it's like a, I guess it was like it makes sense. I'm thinking back to that time period. I feel like it was a real big thing that like you couldn't do Beatles music for things. Yeah, like there yeah. was a long, there was a such a long period where like Beatles music was like it's like somebody owned the rights and like nobody could make anything with it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Glee was right in that sweet spot when like target commercials were like, we got to jump on this shit. And I actually just followed suit. I think it might've been Michael Jackson who owned the rights. I want to say that that's the case, but you know, that's just like, I've never done the research myself because I'm not really all that, interested sure but anyway you know they they try to address that at the beginning of the episode like aren't the beatles irrelevant and and a bunch of the characters are like no and i'm over here like (laughs) i mean kind of yeah no no kidding um it's well we'll get into that when we get there but uh just to fill out the stats here 
Um, it had 5.06 million viewers, which in comparison to the last season, so the last episode of last season had 5.92 million viewers. So it's definitely down from that. And the first episode of last season had 7.14 million viewers. So this is a good 2 million viewers lower. Um, Whew, for the that start is of a season. rough. I know that this is definitely where I outied myself. Yes. <laughs> like, sure. I, this is the, the, Last night was the first time I'd ever watched this episode. It is exhilarating. Like <laughs> to have new glee. Yeah, I yeah. mean I've been, I've been riding that train for a good season now and it is actually kind <laughs> of exciting, which I kind of hate myself for, but No, don't cuz you know, we have to find the joy in this like <laughs> weird thing we're doing. Sure. And yeah, I definitely seen the clean proposal because oh, I sure. watched like a video of it or something separate from the show because I wasn't really interested in watching the show anymore. Right. Clearly, obviously, <laughs> for good reason. Um, yeah. Just like those two mi- million others who joined me. Um, but I did want to see that proposal because I'm gay trash and I just needed to lean into that. Sure. Um, it was written by Bradley Buecher, directed by Brad Falchuk. Okay. Yep. Woo. Typical, typical names there. Um, so, bunch of Brads. We start just off hanging out. We start off this episode with no recap, which is, I guess, Great. it is good. It is weird though to start out the beginning of a season of like the it fifth is a, season. <laughs> it is a little weird, but I don't think they really needed one because sure. they cover all of the like necessary points in the episode. You know, it's they don't really leave loose threads other than like. I don't know, the fact that Brittany's been, like, abducted and is imprisoned well, by and, and um, also, I mean, there's intellectuals. a lot. Like, Sugar and Joe aren't in this episode at all. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's... Yeah. They, yeah. they don't address that um, in any manner. <laughs> there are eight people in the New Directions, folks. Eight. Well, and They do not... And, yeah. like, this is not the beginning of the school year. So no. they're not going to be adding anyone else. Well, and this al- is the first glee that isn't in the the start of the school year. We are smack dab right after regionals. Yeah, and before <laughs> it's it's yeah. probably what April in in universe. Yes, um, my we're going in real time almost. <laughs> my favorite thing is that. Like and I haven't noted a couple times during the episode, but Sam's hair grew insanely long in like a week. Yeah, um, <laughs> it did. <laughs> it's a brand new hairstyle. Also, um, one big note that I have because it's not really addressed at all. Um, Ryder is still here, and Unique is still here. Yes, and it's these not- people are still here, and they're not. They don't discuss how no. Ryder said he was going to quit. No, um, if and, Unique yeah. was in was in new directions. No, they're they're both still here. There's definitely some sort of tension that does get like mentioned in um in you know transphobic jokes. Yeah. Uh but that's literally it. So, yeah, okay, Glee. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this but, is But yeah. that's not where we start. No. We start in New York with Rachel. She's at her chemistry audition for Funny Girl. Uh because yes. I guess there was a, another callback after that one where she's saying the Celine Dion song. Uh, and she's d- d- running lines with the guy who's going to be in the show. Yes. It's just some dude. I, he's famous in universe too. Like, yeah, he's, it, he's, he's an actor in, in our universe, but that one too, he's playing an actor. Yeah. Um, his name is Welsh. So it, I think it's, 
Yon, Yon or something like that. But essentially, he's playing a guy named Paolo, which is also yeah. weird. Like, I Whatever. don't know. Who cares? Um, uh, yeah. uh, and Rachel, th- like, the chemistry seems fine. Rachel plays a great Fanny Bryce, obviously. It <laughs> does sort of read as, like, kind of a, like, Barbara impression. Sure. Um, Rather than, like, Rachel truly sitting into the role. But this is, she's just running lines, you know? Um, and... The, she does all this and they the director's like okay Rachel that's enough and she's like oh wait, are you sure okay and then we see her going backstage and like sort of rifling f- through some fitting rooms um <laughs> dressing rooms i guess and um there's like they're having this conversation that actor and the director the director's also like somebody mildly famous uh yeah i don't uh, who knows yeah, he's got a like a puffy face. Yes. Um that's how I would describe him. <laughs> and they're talking about how like, oh well, she seems nice, but she's young. Yes. She, and Rachel overhears them, obviously. Yes. And it's sent into like a deep retrospective like introspective like sad sort yes. of jag. Uh she sings yesterday. Yes. To start us off on the Beatles foot. Um, yeah, and it's weird. I wrote it's like a sad yesterday, but I guess the song is kind of sad. Like, it's, it's kind of melancholy. Song. Yeah, but she does it in the, like through the theater and then out into New York City and just yeah. around New York City. Just like, yeah, around. she like sees Sardis and is like, now I'll never be a Broadway star. Look at all <laughs> these caricatures of Broadway stars. Um, yeah, it's weird. And then she goes to like a park and just sort of like walks around and is sad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, she goes to the loft where she sits on her bed and stares at herself in a mirror and is sad some more. And then we get the Glee title card. Yes. Um. And then, okay. So then we go to an inner, like a, a little tiny bit where Will is writing Beatles on the board, Um. but it's cut with yeah. s- like flash images of so later, at the end of this episode, four yeah, characters... Yeah, there's a cosplay at the end. Yes. But we get a flash of it now. Yes. Where um, Sam, Blaine, Ryder, and Jake are cosplaying as the Beatles. And right. we get, like, little black and white flashes of them. Like, sort of, I guess, in the spirit of, like, the Beatles m- films and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, and it, it um, has help underneath. I think so. Yeah, it, it like kind of, like yeah. instrumental. Yeah. Um. No. No words. Uh. And like they do like I don't know wacky faces. Right. <laughs> yes. The only one who like Blaine is into it. So is Sam because they're best friends and they both love like that goofy shtick. And Ryder seems like sort of about it too. But Jake kind of plays it cool. Yes. <laughs> like the entire time, like in these pictures and when they're doing the cosplay later, like he's just like. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have I have some words about that when we get there. But in this, like, my big thing with this, I was just like, why is this here? No, I like, understood it completely. I was like, these characters are the Beatles. Yes, look at that <laughs> weird hair on Blaine. Okay, but like, that's not e- that's not even like this part of this scene. Like, no, it made sense to me completely. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> in- in that, like, I was like, yeah, they're they're just trying to set the mood. <laughs> okay. Um. So anyway, uh, and the yeah. mood is upbeat. Like this episode is hype. They yes. are 
all excitement the entire okay. time. There's very little downtime. <laughs> well, I, I wrote down Glee as usual overreacts. I mean, <laughs> I'm really going to pin this one on Ryder because Ryder literally like throws his chair around and like yeah. does like a lot of kicks and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, it's not that exciting. Like he's a total spaz. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and th- this is where Tina is like, we've never done an assignment two weeks before. Oh my like, God. Like it's like, so who... Who said that that's what was going to happen? I guess Tina's introducing that. Okay. I guess Will um, said it before the scene started. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, and, or there was a line that got cut because they're like, ah, Tina can explain that. We can streamline this. We need to fit more numbers. <laughs> and yes. uh, Will is just like, we're going to be focusing on the early Beatles. And this is where they have that discussion of like, are the Beatles even relevant? Because Kitty is like, this is some bullshit. And all the boys are like, oh, how dare you (laughs) yeah well uh, marley also joins in like the the big thing whatever marley loves that like old shit (laughs) yeah well that's the big thing here that i wrote down kitty points out how stupid the timeline is at this moment because she points (laughs) out that it's still like after regionals but they have to prepare for nationals and she's like why are we taking two weeks out of our like limited rehearsal time in order to make a tribute to a band from the 1940s but she also is is like this year has been going on for so long exactly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that too which again and it's like glee i would i would be less pissed off about the timeline if you didn't like m- talk about how whack it is in the show i okay. you know here's the thing I-, I know we've talked about this a lot i feel like a little part of me is starting to come around a little bit because yeah like i feel like <laughs> at this point like people just feel so trapped by the constraints <laughs> that the show has put on itself. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, totally. The, the writers are just like, fuck it. Just do something. Like, I'm so just frustrated. Just mash these characters. Make, the, <laughs> make Glee do Beatles. Glee Beatles. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. I think Glee, it works best when it's not anchored to any sort of schedule. Um, yes. but it is. I just yeah. don't want them to remind me all the time about what like a shit job they're doing <laughs> at like this own rule that they made for themselves. You sure. know? Yes. Um. There's a bit. Here, so this is the part where the catfishing from last season gets mentioned the only time. Ugh. Um. Kitty uses a gross word that I will not repeat. Um. Which that hey, guess what? That gross word is like all over my like current psych textbook. Like what the fuck? Part of of the issue, and, like, I'm not defending anything here. It is a gross word. The problem is that, like, current, like, terminology is fairly new, especially to, like, a wider, like... That is true, but, like, no one seems to care at the same time. Like, there's... The terminology is relatively new. Like, I would say that people solidly were like, let's just call this category transgender. Right. Okay. Well, and that's <laughs> like yeah. maybe like a fucking decade ago, you know, right. and like academia is like, no, we still need this, this, these like outdated terms. And it's like, do you? A lot of people are coming around and like, but we just need to be a lot fucking chiller. Yeah. Overall. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it that's really like, and this is completely not related to Glee at all. Um, but mm. like, it's interesting because I guess I would say that like one of the things nowadays is it's a lot easier to actually interact with someone that would be able to teach you more about like oh, totally. the correct terminology and things like that. Whereas like, cause that's the big, like 
we are we still have <laughs> there are still shitheads who are like pronouns right i know people can't tell me what word to use and it's well, like what you really need to do is just um google search contrapoints yes and watch her um probably every single video she's ever put on youtube and you'll be fine you yes. know we'll all be woke yes. um and then we'll just all get queer eyed and um, we'll reach social utopia, I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, that's what Glee is trying to do here. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute here. <laughs> but um, I, I also had a quick note here. Kitty is the only person I've ever seen in Glee Club who takes notes. Um, <laughs> Don't, is that what she's doing? I, I mean, <laughs> like, no one else has ever had, like, a notebook out in front of them with a pen. Like, maybe she's not taking real notes, but still, like... I think she's probably just doodling. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because she's, she's either, like, playing games on her phone or, like, doodling. or She true. just doesn't care all that much. She knows that she's, like, hot shit, you know? Right. She's like, I don't need to rehearse all that much. Well, I'm none of them fine. do, ever. So, um, anyway. No, because they're all fantastic at this. That's why there's only eight of them. They're the best of the best. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to get to the next plot line here. Yeah. Kitty and Artie, I guess, are a thing now. Uh... Or it's like we go into this, like... This plot line is supposed to be crafting their love story, I guess. But we go in on like weird terms because Artie is like, oh, my liege, your chariot awaits. Sit on my lap and I'll roll you to class. Yeah. And it's like, um, the fuck? Yeah. Like, how, why are your, why is this happening? And then Artie is like, we're going on a date, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I'm going to take you to breadsticks as thanks for helping me clear things up with my mom and then as a thanks for outing me to my mom yes well my favorite part about <laughs> that my favorite part of this kitty reveals that she hates breadsticks which i don't know if that's true or not um because we've seen her go there but maybe it's because like the last time she went there it was to try to connect with Ryder. yeah and then he blew her off right as like a friend <laughs> yeah that's true um, uh forever so that's cool yeah um, so then Artie proposes a carnival, sure, yeah. that is at, you know, it's in April, the April carnival, that's normal. The April um, carnival, even though it doesn't definitely feel sort of fall-esque, <laughs> yeah. but whatever, it's um, fine. And then suddenly we jump into Drive My Car, which is... It starts in the McKinley hallway. Yes. <laughs> With Kitty throwing her, like, binder to another Cheerio and then, like, grinding on a wall. grinding on a wall and then a little, and then, like, sort of whipping her hair on Artie and it's like, what? Um, Then we go to the carnival as well. Yes. And all the Glee Club is here. There is, like, a smattering of Cheerios who are here also. My question is, why the fuck is Kitty still in her Cheerios uniform at this, like, carnival date? Weird. Uh, And... They so they pl- play on the bumper cars. Yes, there's like definitely instances where it's like, why is so Artie is driving in this thing alone? Who's using the pedals? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think because yeah, there's the part where Kitty is like sitting on top of the bumper yeah. car as Artie drives yes. it around. Oh my god, Glee, that's so lazy. You, t- it's ableist. <laughs> you dumb shit. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, I mean, in general, there's a lot of... They have a lot of, like, carnival frivolity kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is fun, but... There's winning. They win some stuff 
things and everything. And this is here at the carnival. We're going to be introduced to a new antagonist. <laughs> yes. Um, before <laughs> it's Brie. Well, before we head, get, before we get head, to Brie, not like the cheese. Oh, sure. Um, I had one note on the actual song. Um, yeah. So Artie leads, and Kitty also is like a main voice. But the thing is, yeah. that, like Kitty has to do like a really low octave that's kind of monotone, and it sounds not yes. good. Like. Maybe that's the song itself, but like I think it is. Yeah, I just yeah. it it just kind of stunk because I was like, oh, I like Kitty and like she can sing pretty well, but it's not, not in really this song. her like register though. No, like yeah, yeah. They, they assigned parts the way they did. I don't. I'm not really sure why. I'm not really sure why this plotline is happening because right. I wouldn't say there's a lot of chemistry between like romantic chemistry between Artie and Kitty. No. I think they make great friends. Yes. Um, we, we talked about it last season. I was really yeah. excited because Kitty was you like, were. Uh, Kitty was like, we're going to like, she like, she's like, well, you're not climbing on this one Artie, but like, we're going to be friends. And it was like, yes, great. That's finally, we needed something that wasn't a romantic relationship. And then now no, it's a real, it, it has to be a romantic relationship. That's the only way that Glee can understand. Yeah. So. Glee, that's the only story Glee can write. Right. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, even though, like, love stories don't have to have that element, you know? Friend, like, becoming friends is a diff- just different kind of love story, Glee. Yeah. Well, Maggie, tell me about Brie. <sighs> Brie. So, she's the new head bitch Cheerio. <laughs> she's amazing. Yes. Um, There's... I don't know if it's this episode because I did watch the next one. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> well, they, it's well, a two parter. This is the only instance she has in this episode. If that helps with, um, I don't know if it's this one where we get a like close up shot of her mouth. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's she, she reams into Kitty in the next episode. Okay. And there's like multiple extreme close ups of her mouth. Um, as that happens. Nice. Uh, so I feel well acquainted with it at this point. Uh, and Brie is like sort of subtly shading Kitty, um, even though she's definitely very nice on the surface. Yes. Uh, and she's like, I Instagrammed some pics. I hope that's okay. Which is bizarre. Like <laughs> super weird. As someone who is like yeah. a, an age to be using Instagram, which is literally any age at this point, it feels um, like just Instagramming somebody else. With like somebody else on your feed, first off, is a little bit odd when you're not in the picture, and it's like, so d- did you ask them? No. Oh, you didn't. Well, it's just it's just weird. Like yes. no one would do that. Well, and what's weirder, we we see the feed later because Kitty looks at it in her phone at the end of the scene. And it's like a picture of her and Artie, like very close up on them. Close on the bumper cars? And and also I'm pretty sure it has the hashtag of like hashtag like blessed buttercup kitty or something like that. And Artie. And it's like you're right. It's super what? weird. <laughs> it's super duper weird that someone would do that. It's weird. And like Kitty's reaction is weird too. Yeah. Uh because like Brie is like, Oh, are you guys dating? That's so sweet. And then Kitty is like, oh, no, we're not. We're just friends. And then when Brie leaves, like, she's like, listen, Artie, we're not friends. Like, there's something else. We need to. Yeah. We need to to date on the DL. And Artie's like, okay. (laughs) It's but but like, why is that the reaction to what Brie said? Yeah, I don't. I completely. Part of it is what Glee is doing here. 
um, if you were fortunate to not watch the episode. Um, <laughs> for some reason, Kitty is like, she's like, we have to deep date secretly because otherwise it's going to hurt my rep. Um, but like, we don't really get any instance of that at all. But she's also like publicly dating Artie right now right. by going to a carnival with him and yeah. like like winning stuffed animals and like sitting in his lap like the fuck well and i i feel like there's an explanation that comes later in this episode which makes like a tiny bit more sense which isn't hard because the real like this other explanation makes no sense but you're absolutely right like this interaction is bizarre like kitty's intentions (laughs) here don't make any sense her proposition of dating in secret is weird and like but received well. <laughs> right? Well, Artie just takes what he can get at this point. Like, <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> did, yeah. did you watch the Kevin McHale music video that I sent you? Not yet. Dude, you got to. It's that's, actually really good. That's what Chris said, too. Chris <laughs> said it's very good. So I'll have to check it out. Um, but anyway, so this scene, like we were saying, ends with Kitty telling Artie that they're going to date secretly. Like, weird. Like gay conservatives. Um. <laughs> that that line was nice. I like that. Um, so n- now we're going to go to New York for just a quick bit. We see Rachel and Santana as sexy singing waiters. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yes. Their matching outfits are amazing. Santana got Rachel this job at some diner where the waiters sing. Um yeah. Because they're, it's like close to Broadway and they want to be working actresses. This is where we get a line from Rachel about how her dads will pay her rent until she dies. Right. Yep. <laughs> which, which I guess like makes sense because they're like the they're the like gay and successful stereotype. Yeah. And they live in Ohio, so I, cost of living is probably low. Right. Um <laughs> no, no, you know, it's uh, but I mean it really confirms what we've been saying for a full year here, yeah, which is that, that yeah. She's said the dads have been paying yes. for Rachel to maintain this lifestyle of all her all of her new York clothes and yeah. you know, the the bangs and the highlights and the beautiful loft and all that extra furniture. It's the dad's foot in the bill. Yes. Um, um, makes sense to me. But Rachel has decided that she wants to quote, make it on her own. So that's why she is doing <laughs> this job. So um, she's gonna be a sexy singing waiter. Yes. Uh the outfits are adorable yeah there is there is a little bit where like apparently the guy who owns it is named like gunter or something yeah Uh, and he's like gross yes (laughs) yes and santana is like don't say if you're black or jewish right which she also says that in order to get rachel the job she had to flash like her left side boob to gunter yeah which like yes a lot of it like i don't know it's weird rachel is both black and jewish so well, is she, I, isn't she, like, well, black the, by association, the, in a sense? Like, <laughs> Well, the her dads mixed their sperm together, remember? Right. So, and yeah. Hiram is black, so. Well, isn't, so is Hiram black? No, no wait, is that Leroy? I think Leroy Whatever. is black, and Hiram is, is Jeff Goldblum, which I think is, fu- <laughs> which, now that you mention is funny, because it, she probably, like, tech, like, like, ancestrally, Hiram is likely the Jewish one based on the name. Leroy yeah. is the black one. So <laughs> she's kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But uh, the, the Rachel is white passing. So, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, but let's not get into the weeds here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let, let's, let's get back to the other weeds, which is back at McKinley. At, oh, sure. At 
fucking McKinley. Yeah. Does Le- does Lima not have like a park? No. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because Clay Clay is having a quote farewell picnic um, on the steps, which is where a gay person always sings a song to open the season since like <laughs> of season course. three. Um, yes. Yeah. Which they need a big like courtyard number. Yes. And I'm here for it. Honestly, it's fine. Yeah. Um, they have a, a conversation first though, where Blaine opens it up being like, so what's the deal with this New York guy? And Kurt's like, there is no deal. People liked the idea of us together, but nothing happened. And it's like, what people? The fandom? <laughs> the the lesbian bloggers, Maggie. They liked <laughs> they liked the idea of Kurt and Adam together. But Okay. Um, and his name isn't even mentioned no. in this picnic, by the way. He's like completely erased. Bye, Adam. Uh and um Blaine's just like, so like what's going on bitch well, we together and, and and kurt's like are you gonna cheat on me that's really the question blaine says something sort of weird here where he's like i thought you were done with me i thought i was out of your life and it's like when <laughs> like he was sort of ignoring you i guess yeah but... like he had the fancy vogue job that he got real excited about so he didn't he didn't like text blaine he... until two in the morning or whatever like well, what we what we saw was was like one phone call denial right um so yeah no i mean we we know blaine him getting one like missing one phone call is likely missing enough one phone call well when when he's in like sort of, sort of a i don't know a mood like a, a moody horny lonely passion and he's like this lighthouse yes yeah um Anyway, this okay. this conversation, I guess, establishes that they're dating now, kind of like. <laughs> well, because uh, what Blaine is like, Blaine is like, I'm never gonna cheat on you again. I'll sign anything you want me to sign. Because Kurt makes like a joke about Oprah, like an yeah. Oprah, con- like non cheating contract, and Blaine's just like, just tell me we can be boyfriends again. And Kurt's like, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> okay also blaine wears so much yellow in this episode <laughs> what's going on with that because he wears yellow in this scene and uh, like a couple more times in the episode it's a little bit too much yellow okay. well supposedly color psychology the reason yellow sub i oh, think evokes yes like happiness and hunger is that right so oh so like the the sexiest emotions <laughs> yes exactly um, the ones that would draw someone in yeah like a like venus flytrap with its open maw like the mcdonald's um, golden arches exactly um makes sense yeah. and this is when blaine is like perfect well i was hoping you'd say yes because i prepared something and he like gets up and kurt's like oh, no bitch you're not singing to me again uh, while I just sit here and do nothing, I've actually prepared something. Yes. And, and that's when the marching band shows up. Yes. There is a full marching band. They are in uniform, the poor dears. It seems very hot that day. Um, and they're they're playing some music. They sing, gotta get you into my life. Yes. Which yeah. is very good. My favorite thing here is that Kurt's like, no, no, no. I've prepared something. I'm going to sing to you. And then Blaine ends up singing the lead for Blaine like most of the song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Because ah, Blaine cannot control himself. No. 
which makes sense to me. Um, you know, in our, I, I don't think that our fiction has been tarnished in any way, shape or form um, from like any of these interactions they're having. Blaine's definitely still an evil demon. Yes. He, I think there is some love for Kurt, especially a love of like entrapping and yes. torturing him yes. for the rest of his life. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, That's so don't worry. I have some words about this, especially once we get like near the end of this episode. Like this is just so, but this this number is cute. There's a bit where Blaine jumps on a table and is like conducting, and I liked the bit where the um like the band is sort of chasing Kurt, yes. and he's like, "Whoa, the piccolo's coming!" Uh, and they kiss at the end. Yes. It's very every, everyone fucking loses their minds too. Like right, well, all the yeah. random extras just scattered throughout who were like, "Oh, I was just studying on this table, but now here's your butt and you're dancing." Okay. Well, and like I guess it it again kind of goes back to that thing where like last season at Breadsticks, like the whole mm-hmm. restaurant like exploded in applause for these lesbians proposing to yeah, each other. Yeah, lesbians. <laughs> It's just, like, this is supposedly the same school from season two where Kurt, like, got bullied. Clint got got back together! Yeah! Like, I just, like, again, I prefer this reality so much more to that one. Yeah, me too. But, like, it's just a little weird that it's the same place and, like, suddenly everyone (laughs) is super into gay people. Which, again, fine, just weird. Um, so, then we're still, so we're back at McKinley... (laughs) for this next scene because Sue is monologuing Um, as she is wont to do. Um, She's telling (laughs) us... So, one, Becky got suspended for a month based on the um, shooting incident that happened, which goes against what we were told because they said the student would get expelled, but okay. Um, And Sue is back, but she's not here for the Cheerios, Maggie. No, no. no. She has framed (laughs) Figgins with a variety of things... The cat burglar tracksuit is amazing because <laughs> we see we see the implantation of of you know all of these incriminating objects. Yes, there's. I think my favorite was probably the gay foot fetish magazine oh my God. called Manny Petty. <laughs> that is pretty good. My, my, the one my favorite because it's the only one that I think is actually illegal is like selling the drilling rights. To the land yes, of McKinley. The, like, the, the fracking yeah. company um, that's going to drill under McKinley. Holy shit. Although, although the let's be real though. The best one, and also like, I don't know if like this should be the best one. The autographed copy of Mein Kampf. Like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> the autographed copy of Mein Kampf. Because what's this guy's deal? You know? <laughs> right? Like, well, that's... <laughs> like, what this narrative that Sue is crafting. How, how can all of these things be in the same person's desk? Yeah, because, I mean, it's just, there's lots of porn, some gambling, also like a, a polygamist, like, certificate. Like, <laughs> like certificate. <laughs> weird and we also see like his office being raided while Figgins yes. is there yeah. and him being like I go to church every Sunday and like you can't explain this Figgins you're going down for good you creep well and it's what's weird about it is like he welcomes the guy so it must be like the superintendent or like from the school board or something but he's like yeah you have something in your desk that we like we're very interested in and it's like yeah that's... Sue must have like tipped him off right but like that's such a weird way <laughs> So like yeah, like how would Sue know unless she planted all? Th- 
it's fine. This makes sense with Sue's character yeah. because it doesn't we make sense. We see Sue taking the helm yes. in Figgins' office. Now Sue Sylvester, principal's office. Yes. Amazing. Um, and we also see Figgins in like a janitor outfit. Yeah. Uh, standing outside of her office with a mop bucket. Is this, does he say that she's a monster here or no, is that well, just later? I think he calls her a monster here, but he also calls her a monster later. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's sort of, it's going to be his catchphrase. My, my big thing here, one, I'm offended that they didn't hire a, a janitor. Like, since when is it okay to be like, you, you're you not fit to be principal, but we'll just make you a janitor instead. Like, there are people who could probably want that job, you know? Like, yeah. who actually know how to be janitors also. Like Will. Like, yeah. Like, like Will, who, <laughs> who is probably still a janitor at McKinley, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. They didn't say he wasn't. Yeah. My, my other, my favorite, honestly, probably my favorite part of this scene, there's a bit where Sue, quote, quotes Jesus and says yeah. the ends justify the means, which yes, is so I loved that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This whole like Sue principal storyline is great. Yes. I'm totally about it. Yes. She like steals a donut out of someone's hand well, like, but, as she was walking into the principal's office. Yeah. It's just all of it so good. Um. But let's move on to. Well, move back, I guess. Because yeah, we're we're going back to the Kitty Artie storyline. Yeah. Um, cause they're going to sing a number it's, you've got to hide your love away. And the like whole number is just spread between, you know, Artie and Kitty looking at each other, like longingly. There's some like nice notes left in lockers and then like more notes, like on the fucking ceiling. Yes. So I guess Kitty is like dedicated to this relationship. Yeah. There is that, um, like Kitty's obviously very about it and into it. Um, and Artie seems into it too. So that is, that is the one redeeming quality of the, of this like storyline, I guess, sure. that no one seems coerced or like, <laughs> no. yeah, forced. no, you're right. Yeah. It's like the, the thing that I had about this scene, one, this song is meh anyway. Like this is like a very yeah. like Led Zeppelin Beatles number where it's like <laughs> flutes and shit. So, um, <laughs> but um, they secretly get them. They secretly get those flutes. They secretly meet in the astronomy classroom, which is yeah. always empty and dark. Like yep. But um, that what's what's weird about it is when they meet in the astronomy classroom. All they do is kind of just smile at each other. Like Kitty, like sits on yeah. Artie's lap, and they just there's, smile there's, at each other. Like there's like a bit where like she she steals a kiss. Yes. Like, <laughs> like he's like, oh, kiss me on the cheek, and then like, I don't. She she like turns her head and they kiss, and she's like, ha 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 ha. Like, that's, that's <laughs> the majority. <laughs> we, we, we don't hear the laughter though. I don't. That's like what I. That's what I picture the laughter to sound like. <laughs> right. Well, it's just, it's... <laughs> because it's they're like lit from behind, yeah. like you know, some like <laughs> like sexy, like streaming in sunlight into this dark and empty classroom, and it's like, oh, oh, we're so in love. Let's touch noses. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, I guess so. The big like the thing here, kind of going back to like the clean thing we we're talking about. So there's one time where Kitty blows him off because she's with the Cheerios, and like yeah. Tina notices. <laughs> Well, because there was a note, right? Right. Yeah. There was there was like a note where it's like, "Oh, meet me under the stars," because <laughs> that's what their notes say. Yes. Sure. Um, and 
Artie uh, is like, oh, great, and, like, starts rolling over there and then sees Kitty in the hallway and, like, waves to her, and she seems to be waving to him, but, oh, no, Bree is actually behind him, right. and she was waving to Bree the whole time, except, like, she turns and is like, aww, when she, like, walks yeah. away with Bree and is like, oh, wow. oh, no, like, yeah. <laughs> leaving with the Cheerios. Um and Artie still goes to the astrology classroom, and I'm like, "Bitch, you just saw her walk away." Oh my god, like, I love. I would love it if it was the astrology classroom. Um, but yeah, Tina notices. Did, is that what I said? Yes. <laughs> but Tina notices as he rolls by, and like, kind of gets the hit. She's like, "Something's going on here." Oh, she's a total Virgo. <laughs> so, so we move to the glee uh, the glee classroom for a special announcement will intros blaine um who <laughs> announces as as most of He's you like, know as, as many of you already know <laughs> how <laughs> kurt and i are back together and everyone's like yay and he's all and then he says what many of you don't know is that i'm gonna ask him to marry me and uh Unique is like, Unique is my favorite reaction because when Blaine is looking at her, at her, she's all smiles. But when he turns, she's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh no. But the best part about it, so Blaine like announces this. He's like sitting in the middle of like the other seven people in Glee Club. Very, very will sort of speech <laughs> yes. kind of move right there. But he, he's like, I'm going to ask Kurt to marry me. And then Sam is the only person who's like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like clapping. Hell yeah. <laughs> Gay stuff is great. I love that my he's my best friend. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just like, <laughs> and then, and Blaine's like, now's not the time. <laughs> Stop being so supportive. Right. Which, um, so then Blaine is like, okay, okay, okay. Like, Sure, sure. You guys are all really opposed to gay people. I can tell. Um, but <laughs> that's 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 not really it. Like, well, but he's he just kind like, of... listen. Yeah. What? Well, I was gonna say he kind of is. Like, he's like, well, you know, like it's not just that I love Kurt. I also want this to be a big cultural statement. Oh yes. <laughs> well, first off, he's like, okay. In this, t- like, this time is amazing. Like, everyone's realizing that gay people are, are people with rights, except for Russia, oh that my is God. mentioned in the show, um, which is true. Russia is a hellhole for gay people and probably not gay people, also. Yes. I don't know. I don't want to throw shade. No, I mean, uh, even though I just threw a lot. No, it, it's um, a hellhole for especially gay people, but also probably. And it's cold? Yeah. Ugh, why would you live there? Um, probably because you're born there and you don't have much choice about moving because poverty. Um, now let's talk yeah. about the scene. So, Sorry. So he, uh, Blaine yeah. is like, I'm going to recruit the help of vocal adrenaline, the warblers and Haverbrook school of the deaf for this proposal, because it has to be amazing. It's not just a proposal. It is a cultural statement. And, well, uh, the best part about that, he's like, he's like, I want to make a cultural statement. And then Jake in the background is like, sure you do. Which is like the <laughs> most perfect reaction. Jake. <laughs> like, it's cool as ice back there. He's just got it. Yeah. Um, And Artie is like, yeah, Blaine, I totally get it. You you want to, you know, compare. Well, because Blaine is like, if I can bring these choirs together, I can show that like divisiveness doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Yes. And, <laughs> and Artie is like, you're right. You know, this time is amazing for gay people. And 
I I understand the metaphor that you're making, but you're still too young. Yes, which, <laughs> like, so before they jump into this music number, which they're about to, um, my thing here is like this whole speech just feels so hollow. Kind of like oh yeah, it's just super hollow. <laughs> it's like Blaine has been hollowed out like a pumpkin. Yes. He is looking especially orange, especially when he wears all that yellow. Um, it's just so weird because yeah. it's like he's he's just being like, yeah, like we're gonna show how the world can all come together, and it's like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> like no one gives yep. two shits about your stupid choirs. Like anyway, yes. um, so then they yep. they do help. Um, yeah, because when. He- Artie says that naysay thing, and then Blaine's just like, help! And they sing, help. Yes. It's great. It's super energetic. The entire number is spent sprinting <laughs> from location to location. Yes. First, it's sprinting through McKinley, and then they're suddenly at the vocal adrenaline rehearsal space, and they have to, like, roll under, um, like, a garage door thingy to get in there. Yes. And they see them rehearsing some choreography, like an actual choir, <laughs> and... <laughs> and and Blaine I like there's a lot of um very efficient storytelling here mm-hmm. where there's no dialogue there's just the song and like characters sort of like interacting and it's like oh great you understand what's going on yes. perfect <laughs> um Blaine basically compelling um, characters with his glamour abilities. Yes. Um, well, and to, to follow his will. There's also some fun stuff like Jake does a backflip standing up and then yeah. a vocal adrenaline guy does Blaine... one and they're friends now. Yeah, and Blaine does a trust fall into two handsome dudes and he's like, great, let's go. Yes. And, and they they run to the next location, <laughs> which is... The Haver- which is, um, Haverbrook the, School of the ha- Deaf. Yeah. And the vocal adrenaline is with them by this point. The mass is just getting bigger. Yes. And um, and they start rushing in. And obviously, they, the kids can't hear them. Right. Uh, to to like understand what's going on. So like Blaine and Sam realize that, and they're like, "Oh, we should do like the minimalist <laughs> like sign language possible." And they do like a line yes. of the song in sign language as they sing, and then the the kids understand and it's like let's go yes <laughs> they run to the next location which is dalton yes where they see the warblers and the warblers are like this is the moment where i noticed that the audio is like sort of weird like they've the audio is like kind of crusty like a beatles <laughs> song if that makes sense okay no no i know what you mean um <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a really good description, especially to that say... That crusty, crunchy audio. Like a Beatles song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. And there's the line about the door, and the warblers open up three doors of, like, weird little, like, cubby oh. telephone cubbies. At, at, at this time. point, I had gotten so, like, over it. I was just like, yeah, sure, it's fine. They're all getting recruited. I... Like, I'm about this number, <laughs> honestly. Sure. Like, it's, it just builds and builds and builds, and it's so oh. fucking high energy, and everyone is just screaming. Yeah, you know you know why I was out by this point? Because while they're running through Dalton, you see Will and Mr. Roomba, and I was like, oh, I'm yes. out. Like, I don't give two shits anymore. Will should not be included. I just... Like... I just saw on the, um, on the Wikipedia page that Roomba's first name is Dalton. Oh my god. 
His name is Dalton Roomba. <laughs> that should have been included at any point in the fucking show. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> it's an in. I guess it's like an in joke for the writers because um, yes. Michael Hitchcock is like a writer also. Oh sure, but like it's it's weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's a fun little Easter egg. Uh. I th- I thought it was. You know, it's great. They sing to the Warblers a little bit, and the Warblers are all happy to see them. Um, Hunter Clarington is definitely not there, probably because he's in... Jail. Jail? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's in jail for the steroids. Yes. And um, Trent, uh, the cherub-faced uh, adult uh, Warbler, yes. is like, oh, well, that was amazing. And of course we'll help you, Blaine. And then Sebastian is like, <laughs> Trent. I thought if we'd say I'd do the talking, we'll help you. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, the notable thing here is also Sebastian has really short hair. Um, yeah, he definitely got a haircut. Yeah, which, I don't know. It, it's it's For fine. the Flash. It's nice that they... To be, to be the Flash. That, that was my question. I turned to Chris when we watched this, and I was like, did, they, did the Flash make him do that? And he was like, I have no idea. And I was like, okay, well. Um, but yeah, they, it's nice they're I both I wish here. we got more, like, actual story with the Warblers. I miss... Like that, the second season when like we actually get some like warbler interaction is like super fascinating. It's <laughs> it's like well we we have to have the council decide. I, I don't know. You're I, right. No, it. I just miss them. Yeah, my my big thing is I I kind of miss that Sebastian didn't end up being like the gay that Blaine could propose to because like it oh, would make wow. it would make just as much sense as Kurt. Like I don't know. You know, Kurt we. We've grown, like, Kurt is a, he's a big part of the story, and, like, having somebody recognize, like, Kurt's light and talent was, like, such a big strive for him at the beginning of the show. Yeah. You know, like, needing somebody to see him yeah. and, and like, basing, know him truly. Basing all of his um, worth and value in that person's yeah. approval. Yeah, that makes a lot, yeah. Yeah, definite, definitely. Not predatory at all. Okay. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so they all confirmed they're going to help. Um, so then we move to a very quick scene where Tina confronts Artie about the kitty thing um, and accuses yep. him, or well, just really calls him out for his lack of self-respect <laughs> because he's willing yep. to do it. Um, by the way, they're wearing outfits from not the help day, but the day before. Great. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we're going to see Rachel texting at work. She, she uh... <laughs> like puts plates down on somebody's table and then just fucking pulls her phone out of her apron and is like, look at this text I got from Blaine just now, Santana. It's like, you're on the fucking clock, dude. Well, like they, Maggie, they needed to have this quick exposition to explain the end of this scene where Rachel pulls Santana out of the restaurant during their shift to be like, no, we have to go right now. Like, uh, the end of that was like such bullshit. It's like this is a job, dude. <laughs> well, Rachel doesn't understand how jobs work, Maggie. Um, But so, uh, this this scene, so Rachel confronts the director and male lead yeah. funny girl as their waiter because they're eating food there. Yes, and she, they're in Santana's section. Rachel's like, I gotta take this, and the confrontation is just like, Rachel's like, I know this is awkward, but I am a professional, and I am able to do everything perfectly and the director's like yes you're you're such a star and rachel's like yes i am a star yes <laughs> and he's like look at this place where you're working all these people think they're stars i just want to tell you i'm not sure yet 
And Rachel's just like, hm, I guess I'll just have to prove it to you. Except she says it a little bit sexier than that. Um, <laughs> a little less, like, I don't know, posh, I guess. Um, but <laughs> Exactly. I mean, there's definitely some poshness there. Right. It's Rachel Berry. Yes. Um, but so she's, she, leads, she leads all of the wait staff in singing A Hard Day's Night. I'd say it's more of a duet between yes. Rachel and Santana. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. And my question, what does this prove? Oh, that she's a singing waitress. <laughs> that she's a professional, Maggie. No, but like, my, my favorite thing is watching this number. My, I was convinced that at the end of it, the director was going to turn to the male lead and be like, we should get her. Santana. Yeah, exactly. We should get her for the music. <laughs> for Funny yeah. Girl. And it'd be about Santana. I was pretty sure yeah. that that was exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> so like. But it didn't. No. So okay. Which, which means that this uh, scene just feels more pointless. Like it didn't. <laughs> like the director and the male lead aren't like, oh, I guess you're right. You're a professional, obviously, Sa- because Sam, you sang at the us. The point was to have another Beatles number happen. <laughs> that was the point. And also to like use this fun like setup that they've made for themselves with all yeah. this wait staff. Which, and yeah, all the yeah. matching outfits and stuff. It it is the wait staff is very good. Yes, like, um, let's say that Gunther picked a good set. It, it's also <laughs> the least good dining experience you could ever have because they're That's like what people want. That's the point. But they're like banging on people's tables. Like yes, <laughs> sure. There's a Great. point where they they get up on the the booths and like kick their legs up and show their asses. Like this is what people want. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. Um, anyway, the the number's great. Santana sounds great. Rachel sounds great, as always. Um, but like we said, <laughs> this is so weird because it ends. And then Rachel like San- Rachel turns to Santana and she's like, we need to go right now. And Santana's like, but we're, wh- what? <laughs> and then Rachel just this pulls her out job. of the restaurant. <laughs> like- <laughs> uh, yeah, now we're going to go back to McKinley. Roz and Will are sitting in Sue's office. That's the principal's office, by the way. And... Mm-hmm. Roz like confesses a series of crimes to Will. Yes. Uh, like about like why they could be in this office. Um, yes. Uh, well, because Will is Will is pretty convinced that the yeah, Glee Club is getting cut. Fired. And, yeah. But but he was like, I don't know why you're here. She'll never cut the Cheerios. And then Roz opens up about all these crimes, and Will's like, Oh, we're both screwed. I <laughs> um, love Roz a lot. I'm yes. pretty much always about Ross. So Sue comes in. It's like, why do you think you're here? Or something like that. And Will's like, you're here to destroy me because you're petty and vindictive. And he, he comes in really hot. Like he's like yelling at yes. Sue. And she's like, um, yes. bitch, I'm principal now. And I need people to win. So yes. win. So we have this old hat where if they don't win nationals, Will will get fired. Um, Who cares? Fire Will. Well, Maggie, the implication is that Glee Club will be disbanded if Will gets that fired. That is not as we true. saw. Well, I mean, sure, but like, I think that's what the show is trying to imply. Okay. Um. So yeah, the next scene is Tina outing the Artie and Kitty relationship. Um. She does say some nice yes. things. She's like, she's like, Artie is a good person, and he deserves to be loved openly. Um. Which is like, that's a nice thing to say. Um. And yeah. then Kitty. Well, and Kitty, Kitty yes, agrees Kitty with her. Agrees Kitty with is her like, yeah, you're right. Like a long ass speech where she's like, "I will sacrifice my like social standing to be with you." Oh my god, <laughs> I am a martyr. Yeah, but the speech is a little long. Look at me lay on my cross as I watch your YouTube fail videos. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be a 
I, I kind of agree with her that that is not okay, Artie's uh, best Okay, that makes sense to me, though. Like, like, the idea that Artie is watching YouTube fail videos, I'm like, yes, yep, he is. Oh, of course. Um, But uh, we find out here, like, it's not just the social standing, supposedly. Kitty also wanted to, quote, like, make sure that she really, really liked Artie before, like, openly sure. being in okay. a relationship with him. W- yeah, like, again fine whatever all of this stuff doesn't matter to me no i don't give a shit no um (laughs) the big thing for me is i'm just kind of sad because i like kitty more than i like Artie, which is saying something because kitty is a white supremacist which i'm still not okay (laughs) with um yeah and it's not really a situation where like with kurt and blaine they're both sort of bad people so like (laughs) them being together it's like fine but and (laughs) with kitty and Artie, it's like you're both bad people but I like you better separate. But Kitty Kitty could do better. Um also also there's a line I didn't write down the full thing. I just wrote down the bit where it says Jesus and love forsaken choir room because Kitty is talking about how all the couples that have been forged in Glee Club have all like Oof. been destroyed <laughs> by the universe, which the best part is that it props uh, yes, cuz Blaine is like huh, Kurt and I will end up together. Yes, but the best part with that Blaine is that is it's end like game. Well, he says this, and then Marley right next to him, like, visibly rolls her eyes. It's so good. <laughs> like, it's like the best part from Marley this whole episode where she's just like, oh my fucking God. Like, <laughs> love that. I love it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So t- Kitty has this whole speech, and it's boring. Then, uh, well, she apologizes to Artie. She does. Which is nice. And, uh, they have a heart to heart. It's fine. Um, they kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're going to go to the next scene. It's still in the choir room. Blaine has gathered the boys. It's Ryder. Yes. It's Jake. It's Sam. Uh, and Blaine is like, here's what we need to address. Tina's a huge bitch. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're right. Tina is a bitch. <laughs> no, no. The, the best part is that Blaine is like... I'm sure all of you have noticed, but someone in Glee has become a huge bitch recently. And Tina. then all of them are like, Tina. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, um, like, yeah, which sort comedically, of <laughs> comedically, it's a joke of sorts, but it does really suck. Um, especially <laughs> like, because like Blaine yeah. is Tina's best friend. Yes. Uh, and well, Blaine is also like Tina yeah. was a good person until all these guys broke up with her. <laughs> right. But that's the Except, yeah. That's the um, really Blaine heinous didn't thing. Know Tina before she dated Artie, um, or right. or Mike. Um, honestly, because she was with Mike. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. When Blaine met her, but um, I mean, okay, sure. Like, I guess he's sort of an omnipotent, well, uh, omnipotent character. Who knows everything um, well, at this point? Maggie, alternatively, um, Tina, he got Tina's rendition of yeah, what Tina was probably. like before she dated those oh my God. people. So, uh, so like, Blaine yeah. is like, we need to do something for her um, because uh, we're boys. Yes. So we, ha- we, we have so the power bitter. to um, yeah. affect her uh, in this universe because we are men. And... Uh, they're right. all like, yeah, yeah. And we hear about how Blaine saw Tina at the Too Young to Be Bitter Club, which I thought was disbanded, but okay. Um, they're alone. Well, it sounds like Tina might be yes. the, type, might be the um, only member Eating now. cake yes. alone in a classroom by herself. Um, 
And yes. they're all, there's like a strange Which, fixation yeah. on the cake in this little meeting. <laughs> We're like, Sam's like, oh, that cake yes. is so good. Oh, it's so moist. That's right. And Jake being like, yeah, those cakes are dope. And then they have like a three-way high five. Three-way high five. <laughs> yes. It's so good. The, the, that part is the really, timing really is good. Amazing. <laughs> like, the the, bo- yes. the writer and Jake from the outside go in for a high five. And Sam just like squeaks his... <laughs> His hand like yes. whoop, right in there. Um, it's amazing. And then Blaine is like, it, yes. "This is not about the cakes. I've had them too. They're amazing. <laughs> this is about helping Tina." Right. And uh, he's basically yes. convincing them to do a cosplay later. We'll see that soon. Well, yeah, we don't. Yeah, essentially, this scene just ends with them being like, "Sure, we'll help you do whatever you want." And typically, Why don't we don't get any more. Put these scenes right in, like in sequence. I just don't get well, it. Well. Maggie, it's because they had to intercut this scene, the waxing scene, where... (laughs) Yeah, Janitor, Figgins, Sue, and the meat. So we have a little bit where Figgins is, like, using, like, a waxer or a buffer or whatever. I've never seen one of those in person. Like, my... I know my high school, our high school, I guess, never had that didn't happen yeah um the what was fun watching it is like we were watching chris was like oh i've used one of those before and i was like oh that's fun and he was like yeah i was a janitor for a bit i wasn't supposed to use that i found out afterwards because i wasn't qualified and i was like i doubt figgins is um but there's qualifications well it's mostly like i I think it was like more of like a do you have to take a course or or like a date like there was like danger and he was at a certain age i don't know I didn't really dig into Whatever. it. But so Figgins is like scraping some gum off the floor and Sue arrives. Very, um, very like uh, upright gum, if that makes <laughs> yes, sense. It's... Like the gum is not very stuck to the floor. Well, it also looks like it is um, a large wad of gum. Like a wad. Someone stuck like <laughs> a five fresh pieces one. in their but mouth. There's no... Yeah. But there's no chew marks in it either. It's like smooth. <laughs> it's, it's really I, more of a spitball, I guess, now that we think about <laughs> it. But anyway. The gum the gum is very visually like, you know, I don't yeah. know. I remember it very clearly. Uh, and Sue has a big bucket to taunt Figgins with. Yes. It is a big bucket full of meat. Yeah. Like basically like. I guess it's meat slurry. When I saw it, I was like, is that chum? Um, and it pretty much is. Like, it's just, you know, brown bits and brown liquid and definitely gross. Yes. And it's it, really. Figgins is like, no, please, please don't. Well, <laughs> and so Sue has a little. The music really swells here. It's like a true villain scene. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Flight of the Valkyries. It's something else. It's not Flight of the Valkyries. But, but it's, it, it's of that same. Yeah. Mood. Yes. Um. But uh, my favorite thing is Sue tells us this is the meat slurry that used to be used for Taco Tuesdays, <laughs> which is even yeah grosser. under the opulent regime <laughs> that they have been freed from. Ooh, yes. Um, I love. There's it. also a moment here where Figgins is like, "Don't you dare do anything to hurt Donna. She's my saint, or something like that." Which I was like, "She's no. She's a saint. She's my rock." <laughs> I mean, honestly, is more evidence, I feel like, that she is secretly controlling figures from behind the scenes. <laughs> but Sue tells us that she's going to replace Donna with Becky once Becky comes back from her... Yes, uh, Becretary. You know, from her suspension. But um, there's also one more thing before we get to, like, the real, like, meat of this scene. But 
Sue announces that she has changed her middle name to Rodham. So it's Sue Rodham yes. Sylvester. And yes. Yes, bitch. Everything about it is very good. It is so good. And she she looks amazing in her red tracksuit. Yes. I just love Sue so much. Yes. Um, And she tips the bucket. Yes. And it gets... The, the meat flies. Oh, so gross. Um, there it she stands in it so that she can track it down the hallway and we get like a close in of like her shoe lifting like yeah as it like pulls up like there's heavy music happening at the same time and we then get a close up of Figgin's face as he screams you're a monster yeah it's so good <laughs> Sue Sylvester you're a monster uh you're a monster Sue Sylvester <laughs> Uh. No, but it's but it's so but it's in slow motion, so it's very low. Yeah, it's like, you're a monster. Yeah, it's it's very yes. good. It's great. <laughs> I um when I was going over this scene for notes, I was like, I don't need to see that meat bucket. Again. No, it's so gross. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, but and it's spilling onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the art department. It's gross. So, yeah. um, now we're going to go to the cosplay yes. scene in the auditorium. Uh, we see it's like the like a you know Johnny Carson show um, set up. You know, the, yeah. the Beatles meme. Yeah, it's not Johnny Carson. I'm trying to remember who it is. I feel like his name begins with an S. It's, Sullivan? It is a... Ed Sullivan. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, with the like round risers and stuff. Yeah. And the boys, Ryder, Jake, uh, Sam, and Blaine, are all cosplaying as the Beatles. Legit. Yes. Um, like, bl- I guess maybe Blaine is the one who's put the most work into it because his hair is different. Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about this once we get to the actual number. But to set it up, Tina arrives in, like, 60s garb, which she claims is something she pulled out from the Glee Except or from the Grease she ha- stuff. Yeah. Except she she has dressed just like this like from her normal closet <laughs> so like that's what? true um uh, well it, and so they they do a number and once they start the number the other ladies from glee run in and they're also like done out in like glee ah! garb or not they, they've got the beatlemania yeah, it's 1960s garb and like unique and marley and actually all of them just look they look great. They looks really good. They look great. And Mar- Marley is like super leaning into like the hyperventilation, <laughs> like freaking yes. out. I love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the cosplays yeah, now. Yes, so, so they do the number. I saw her standing there, um, which they have some weird like black and white bits to like kind of mimic yeah. the Ed Sullivan like, yeah, white white screen. Yes. yes. But. And um, th- like Blaine is like, oh, this is us. We're the Beatles. Yes. I'm. It's me, Paul. And over, <laughs> over there, we've got Black John Lennon. And Jake is like, half. Yes. Which... Like just, just quiet. Just like not in that act. Not in the like accent or anything. Just very yes. chill. Well, because yeah, because Blaine does an accent and Sam does an accent when he has a little bit of dialogue. Um. <laughs> But yes. Ryder doesn't talk because he's Ringo, so we all know he doesn't have any lines. And Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, you're, what I love about one of the things I like about this number is that Jake. I like Jake in this number a lot, actually, because he. It's it. It feels more like what I wanted Glee to do, which was not be like not do the exact replicas, but kind of do like similar, but with their own like style, which is what Jake is doing. Sure. Whereas Blaine is, well, and honestly, Darren Chris is doing 
maybe like the, the most the offensive most. but also accurate <laughs> Paul McCartney impression. I don't know how is it offensive to impersonate Paul McCartney. It is not. I'm just, he he is feeling this impression. Um, well, part of it is just that like there's like the head shake, yeah, the like bouncing stuff. around, and also like the the smile. Like the way he likes it is not it is far from offensive. Okay. I don't think there is an offensive way to impersonate a, a like a white person. I mean, that's honestly. fair. I'm not saying it in that set or in that sense, but just like if I was Paul McCartney, I might be offended because <laughs> like no, I I mean I I doubt Paul McCartney watched this. <laughs> Me too. But like <laughs> the Beatles episode. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. It's the but the thing is like I don't know. It's. I like Jake's approach to it because it just feels like it's more like oh, be- be- oh, because you you don't like tryhards, you don't like people who enjoy things. No, not, Shut up, they're having a great not time. Particularly, especially because like it's so tryhard. It's just like I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so yeah. fun, and like they're just all having a great sure. time. And Jake does sound really good on the harmony. We get a lot of like close up of Jake's yes. face, um, in black yeah. and white. Okay, I mean, like, I'm not complaining. It looks right. good. And um, then, like, t- little snippets of Tina dancing with each yes. boy on their risers. Because don't forget, this number is for right. Tina. Um, whatever that means. And, uh, lip- like, liberal use of the black and white. The hyperventilating, um, like, girls. It- it's all fun. Um, and then at the end, Tina's like, oh, that was amazing. But what was it for? A very common Glee question. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. And Blaine's like, we just see, we've just noticed what a bitch you've been, <laughs> and we thought we could offer our services as a prom date. Which, okay, like they, they clarify this a little bit because, like, one of them is like, "Yeah, we're all the single guys in Glee, kind of," and like Blaine is like, "Single in the sense of like we could be your prom." You're date. also the only. <laughs> yeah. You're the only guys in Glee at this right. point. So. Um, which, like, so Jake is immediately like, well, I'm off the table, obviously. Um, and Blaine is like, well, I'll take you to prom, but he's still gay and he's back with Kurt now. So, like, Tina's like, yeah. hmm. Tina's like, hmm, do I want to be a beard at another dance? No. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she ends up choosing Sam because he's the least Asian and the least gay out of all of them. Um, and figures that she needs to, you know, like change her patterns. Yeah. Um, my my takeaway was that she's calling Ryder more gay than Sam, which plays into my and like into that nice headcanon of yeah, the yeah, guitar boy, the, the guitar yes. boy. It, they, they have a chemistry. It'll 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 happen. It has to. The, the, it has to happen, right? I don't know. No, it won't. It yeah. never will. Uh, so now we're gonna go to the next, the closing yes. act of of the episode starts with a, a car ride between Kurt and Bert. Bert is driving Kurt to Dalton. Um and Kurt is like, "Oh, I know you're driving me to my secret proposal." Yes. And it's like, "How? How do how do you know this?" <laughs> Never what? explained. You ju- you got back together two- a day ago, 2 days ago, a week ago at the most? I mean, my the only what? evidence I could think of is that Blaine talks about gay marriage a lot. Um, yeah, but maybe or maybe it was like the that dinner date with the lesbians. Yeah, 
Hmm. I don't know. And like maybe it's like Kurt like was like, hmm, you're looking at me a lot during this proposal. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to gauge my reaction? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bert is like, oh, I should have known. You know, you you knew your own surprise party was happening. He planned like his that. own surprise um, party when he was a ten year old. Yes. Sure. Doesn't doesn't mean it's that means it's not a surprise party, but okay. It just means it's a party where you make your friends scream surprise at you at the beginning of it. <laughs> oh man, hot take. Um yeah. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, here I am. Well, um, so okay. So Kurt and Bert have a conversation on this car ride. It's a good it's a good conversation. Yeah. Um, um as as these conversations are wont to do between Kurt and Bert, they talk about Kurt's dead mom. Yes. Um, well see, okay. Because that's what they do. So here's the thing for me. Kurt has some bits where he's like worrying that this is like his only chance. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, he's like, oh, you know, he made me feel so like seen and like loved and like connected. And and I just don't think I'm ever going to feel that way again. And here I am like being like, he was your first boyfriend. (laughs) You were literally 17. You garbage monster. (laughs) Like, fuck (laughs) off. Uh, um, I I don't think it's like that bad. I just think Bert should be like. Bitch. Well, okay. I'm only I'm only reacting that strongly because I know that Blaine is a demon who is ensnaring Kurt into this <laughs> like relationship. So like, I'm yeah. a little more worried for him. Uh, Bert does tell Kurt during this conversation that like Blaine brought this up to him and like asked him his opinion. And Kurt's like, oh, what did you say? And Bert's like, I'm not telling. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to do. Like, <laughs> what, what I will tell you is that this is your choice to make. You're a man now. Also, if I had met your dead mom 10 years before we met, I would have married her As a 12 year old. Like, yes. Um, but yeah, which yeah. like. I understand the sentiment here and like it's sweet that like he loved like he loved Kurt's mom and stuff like that's nice. Um I like that Bert's ideals for marriage are like pasta making, dancing around in your and underwear, having a lot of sex. sex. Yes, that is actually like Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like that's hashtag goals <laughs> right there, Bert. You you're, you're yeah. right. Um but there is the um like, it's just so weird to be like, you're a man. You don't need my opinion. Like, when... <laughs> when it's like, Bert, that's the only thing he would want <laughs> right, right now. Like, like, isn't giving him more information, like, your own opinion, more, like, <laughs> helpful than just being like... It would also make sense to Bert's yes. character. Who, I'm not saying that, like, Bert, like, always gives his two cents on shit. He sort of does, but in, like, well, a very like affable good yeah. way and um, in in the same but like especially since his reaction to blaine was like very like very like hey whoa whoa, whoa exactly there, kid. you think he would like be willing to like give a word or two maybe rachel and finn taught him well, they're back maybe together rachel now. and finn taught him a lesson <laughs> of like eh, maybe just don't give any opinions because like that didn't work so <laughs> he's instead of going like the Hiram Leroy route of like being overly yes. accepting Bert's just like I'm just not gonna touch yep. this one yeah which he does I, I do like the bit where he's like well you can he's gonna why don't you go in there hear what he has to say and then you could say yes no or maybe <laughs> well, and then Kurt says is there another option which I'm like it, I guess like it is funny don't get me wrong but it's just like one of those things where I'm like I don't know. Uh, uh, 
that a public proposal? Is there really an option other than saying well, see, yes? That's, okay, we're going to get to that in just a second here. Because what this leads into, it, it goes straight into it. We're is the most extra <laughs> yeah, we're, we're also oh. <laughs> the the what they spent all of the artistic like like mind budget <laughs> if that makes sense um this is where they right. spent it sure. all for the entire season yes. probably was for this little moment um but yeah we're we're kurt, at dalton uh, let's uh, let's set the scene we're at dalton kurt is in a teal brocade suit with a purple button up and no tie he looks yeah. good um I, I have to assume that, like, he and Blaine coordinated their outfits Yeah, cause... <laughs> for this moment. Because Blaine is in a yellow yeah. suit, like, top and bottom yellow, um, which would look good yes. with the blue. There must be a text chain somewhere that we don't get to see. Also, well, fine. how do you get it. someone to dress up for the secret proposal? Okay, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, he, you know, it's like Blaine being like, oh, we're we're going to do something special on Tuesday. Well, and, okay. Just okay. wear something nice. We, we, how are we confused that Kurt didn't know this was a secret proposal? Of course he fucking knew. Okay. <laughs> it's, hey, it's the middle of the we're day. We're going to be at Dalton. Um, um, <laughs> on a weekday, we're going to we're gonna go to Dalton. I know this is after your farewell picnic. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> just, just wear something nice. The, People are going to take a lot yeah, of pictures. So we're at Dalton. Um, the warblers kind of start, like, 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 kind of enter, like, get, let us into the building. Yeah, usher yeah. him in with, with some open, like, here's a sandwich hands. <laughs> sure, yes. And <laughs> that's, that's what I, you know, it's like at public speaking things or like, you know, you, your body language is like, here's a sandwich. Like you're offering people sure. stuff. Uh, um, and we see that Santana, Mercedes, and Rachel are there as well, like just sort of yep. lined up as like a posse and being like, hey, we're the anti-shame squad today. <laughs> uh, yes. And, and uh, they all like kiss and hug Kurt. Uh, by the way, as this entire scene is going, Blaine is like a little Pied Piper leading Kurt around Dalton, like screaming in yeah, his well, face. That's... Yeah, he's singing, but it's like um, right in his face for a lot of it. So and his mouth is like so <laughs> yes. open, it's like yeah. so wide. Uh, it is okay. The love is palpable. It is sweet. Yes. That, but past that, it's oh, extra. Well, yeah, we haven't even um, gotten. So they they go into a hallway where all of the current yep. Glee Club members arrive. Well, yeah. So so the Warblers have added have like. At, been added to the posse it's like the group gets bigger and bigger a lot yes. like the help number like blaine is just this is confirmation that blaine has like magical powers to compel yes. people to his will with song um because it yes. it works um and uh the warblers are following then new directions come in and they all hug kurt and then they're following and then oh it's vocal adrenaline oh what a what a lift to look at these big blue skirts and uh then they start following kurt and then there's more warblers yes. along like a staircase well, and then oh it's the haverford school yes. for the death deaf and, and uh then they're on yes. the staircase, the, the staircase. staircase, the rounded one, and there's a where they met we're, for the first time, and there's flower yes. petals, and I was like, oh, what's up, <laughs> staircase yeah, bitch? I fucking we're called Kurt this. Descended from the heavens into the bowels of hell. Um, yes. So, yeah, yeah Kurt <laughs> walks down the staircase, and of course, blindness. 
stops on the yes. exact step. Blaine is at the bottom, <laughs> along with like Will and Bert and Rachel and like a whole menagerie of. Well, no, Rachel's yes. behind Kurt. There, like, there's oh, people no, behind right. Kurt yeah. too. They're yes. they're surrounded, um, and Blaine has this speech where he's like, "This is where we met for the first time, everyone." And then he really more directs it to Kurt um, about how they their hands were supposed to yes. be held fearlessly and forever. And then he he like kind of gets into this sort of sort of abstract. Oh, Maggie, it's um, not abstract. Uh, love speech well it's abstract in that um like he doesn't really talk about the things that he loves the things he loves about kurt um more just like how their their souls have been reborn into different lifetimes and they'll always be together it's more of a metaphysical proposition (laughs) than of anything else really because like um that that it's like instead of um getting to know each other it was really more like they were more remembering yes. each other uh and that they've had multiple lifetimes and that he's just so glad that they met so early in this one so that he can spend his entire life loving kurt yes um and at the end of the speech i was like yeah fuck i would marry blaine probably um, like at that i mean at, at the end oh go for it i, I i'm i'm like I, you know, there hasn't been any sort of talk about this like sort of transcendental connection, sure. um, before, um, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Feels sort of like fan fictiony, but that's fine. See, I'm mad at it because, like, honestly, for me, it felt like it was just more confirmation of, man, this is real fucked up. Because like, Blaine, Blaine has a line. <laughs> Because Blaine is, like, yes. compelling. Well, Kurt. and also, there's a line near the yeah. end of it where he's like, like, I can't wait to, like, keep finding you over and over for all eternity. And I'm like, <laughs> he's literally stalking you through all of your lifetimes, Kurt. You need to get away. Um, but, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's so, it feels. Kurt has become yes. a better person. Like more confident and like more sure of himself, and like he's he's in a really good spot right. in his life, partly because yeah. of Blaine. Like that's, I mean, sure, there it's is just, that part of it for me is like in the context of the fact that Glee is doing this, um, and it's mm-hmm. so obviously yeah. like a political stunt. That like is oh yeah not, totally Sam. It's a cultural it's not statement grounded in like these character storylines whatsoever. They literally just started dating oh, no, again no, no. like earlier this week. Um, like <laughs> they they I haven't love that. lived together. They haven't done any of the like the things that people do when they you know plan on getting married. It's just one of those things where it feels very obvious that Glee decided that they wanted to have a gay marriage on TV for these teens to represent the fact that gay people should get married. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Glee. Uh, well, I, I think the show sort of knows that it's in its twilight years and that they really need to do like the wrapping up work early. Sure. Yeah, they can't, you know, they, I mean, I guess part of it is um, the old age makeup would be pretty bad <laughs> if they decided to just do a time skip. Um, so, Oh, I hope that's I hope that's oh what season God. six is. 
honestly is like a time skip multiple years ahead well, and like we see where these characters are in like well, five years or that's something easy, I think about they just that. wear different clothes and they're like oh i'm 27 and you're like yeah. yes literally in real life yeah. you are 27 um <laughs> yes but, exactly uh i don't know it's i mean it's fine kurt says yes not to hold our listeners in suspense. Yeah, he but. says yes. Um, he, he does look, like, terrified. By the time they get to the staircase, he is well, afraid it's of like, what's going to happen. It's like what you said, you though. Tell. There are so many people here that he cannot say no. Like, yes. And obviously, that's definitely part of, like, public proposals in general. But in this specific instance, because Blaine is a yeah. demon who knows what he needs to do. Like. Can- we, we should say, like, all public proposals yes, are coercive. Exactly. <laughs> they yeah. super are. Like, there's no way to go about it unless you've, like, agreed yes. together that this is, that you want to get married and this is something you Which, want to do. Which, in that case, feels um, coercive on your part with society. Like, you're coercing society and believing <laughs> that you guys had this magical moment where... no. That no, but that's nice. And then you have something for oh Instagram. My God. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no. In general, I feel like proposals are kind of not great overall. Um, but this is fine. Well, it's whatever. I I think like some versions of like public proposal can be okay if it's like. If you've if you've like heavily discussed the idea sure. of getting married and you know it's going to happen eventually, you know, like, no, you know, I take I it back. There is one that I really like, which is where, like, the two, like, I think it was it two women at Disneyland who like both were planning on proposing to each other at the same time, and like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. sweet. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, but, god. Like, <laughs> when they when they both yes. pull out ring boxes, those like proposal videos of. Primarily of gay couples. That's the only ones I want to watch, you know, of like where one pulls out a ring box and like the other one is like, oh, and then like pulls out a box themselves. Yes. Oh my God. Oh God. I'm going to cry. It's just like, yes. So, so on that. Oh, okay. I mean, mar- marriage yes. is sort of garbage. Well, that's that's um. the other thing that I feel about this also is like, it again, it feels a lot like the Kurt, like it's weird because this claim proposal they're not doing any of the same things that they did with Rachel and Finn where they like, Oh, had to like none of them have all these reservations about how young they were and like how it meant like a big deal and stuff. And it's like, I think it's also because like Kurt and Blaine have obviously been way more in love than Rachel and Finn were. But like, I just, I feel like part of it is like, if you want to give people like this message about like marriage equality, like, you should try mm-hmm. to be at least a little responsible and contain the same things with the straight couple where it was like, you guys are going to have no. to live together. You've never done that before. You don't even know if it's going to work out well, like when you have to live together and whatever. No, uh, responsibility is sure. stupid. Yes, yes. You know, uh, <laughs> but they they don't have the right. time, okay? They, they have too many, like... They're like, okay, so the show's going to end soon. We have to do the Beatles, obviously. Um, and we'll need to do some other sort of wacky things. Like Ryan Murphy has right. this list or something. And he's like, gay, the gay marriage is on there. So we just can't really, you know, the the heterosexual teens, like that was just drama. We we need to have the gay marriage happen. So right. no drama. Um, yeah, I just, I don't. Whatever. We need to move to the podcast business. I don't... Like, we're going to have to talk about this stupid marriage yeah. lots of times, I'm sure. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's the podcast business. 
that sounded more like a dirge than all you need is love. Um, well, it's sort of dirgy for I was Kurt's say, freedom. I was say, isn't marriage kind of the death of your freedom or whatever? So sure. Um, so the podcast space. In in like a more perfect world, if you've married the right person, it shouldn't feel like you're losing your freedom, I guess. Um, but heteronormativity is yes. poison, and um, marriage can't really be separated right. from that. I suppose the legal protections and like insurance and stuff that goes tax along breaks, with marriage yeah. And yeah. is good. Um, Anyway, whatever. Marriage equality. So, we're in the podcast business, but it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. Um, as we, this might we be are. some people's first are. episode because it is the beginning of a season. So, oh, if, Jesus, if it is, yes, I'm I also sorry. agree. Um, but what we do in the podcast business is we go through and we pick a gold star, just like Rachel Berry does at the very beginning of Glee. Um, we go through and we put a gold star right next to someone's name. Um, we pick a best number out of all the numbers from the episode, and we give it a rating of slushies from zero to five, where five is the worst, because as Glee has shown us, getting slushied sucks a lot. So, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Maggie, let's start out on a good foot here. What is your gold star for this week's episode? It's going to blame. Of course it is. <laughs> he was just so effervescent this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, and like oddly tan. <laughs> sure. Maybe it was all the yellow. Well, Maggie, he's going to he's going to move um, to New York at some point, right? So maybe he's just getting that getting yeah. in the head of the time. He's He's getting, he's getting in that, and you can sort of tell that he's had like a minor hair glow yes. up because in the, in the clean picnic scene, it's not gelled quite as far down. It's a little bit poofier. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Growth and change. Yeah. His makeover in a week. Um, also, <laughs> so, uh, for my gold star, I had some issues cause I wasn't entirely sure who I really wanted to give it to this week. Um, I thought about giving... You got some options. Yeah. Sam wouldn't be bad. Uh, Jake wouldn't be bad. Well, I thought about giving maybe. I thought Kitty. about giving it to Sue, but like, oh yeah, part of, principal. Part Sue. of the problem I have is that like, like while I appreciate her plot to overthrow Figgins because I don't like Figgins, she does say some like sort of racist. Yes, shit. and also like like. About like, oh, let's get the ethnic smell out of this office. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. But also like the way that she does it where she plants all this stuff, like, and I guess this isn't really Sue's fault, but like, I don't know. It really casts some really like negative things on like porn, which I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like the, it, there shouldn't be any shame in indulging in porn. But you also shouldn't have it in your desk if you're like a high school principal. Right. <laughs> I know, hot take. But, so I didn't give it to Sue. I gave it to Jake. Honestly, mostly for the line where when Kurt, when Blaine has his little thing where he's like, "I want to make a cultural statement," Jake is like, "Sure you do." Um, just you just pick Jake because he's like hot and aloof. Well, I also liked him in the Beatles cosplay. <laughs> so yeah, he was good in that too. Yeah. You're right, um, Maggie. What were our numbers for this episode? There are so many. It's just packed in. Uh, We start off with Yesterday in New York. Then there's Drive My Car by Artie and Kitty at the Carnival. Uh, Then we have Gotta Get You Into My Life uh, for the Farewell Picnic. You've Got to Hide Your Love Away. Help. Uh, Hard Day's Night, which is sung by the singing waiters. I Saw Her Standing There. 
the Beatles cosplay number. All you need is love. The big proposal yep. number. Uh, and yep. that's it. So, Maggie, what was the best number of the episode? I really liked Help. I liked the um, like the way that it moved the story along very judiciously, very mm-hmm. quickly. Like it was just like go, go, go. <laughs> yes. oh, cool. All these characters are down. Like it, there wasn't too much belaboring. I didn't really like how like Blink sort of um, like telegraphed what would happen. Oh sure. Before, like he was like, "I'm gonna recruit these choirs, and I'll need your well, help." Yeah. Especially because it's that whole like it's a metaphor for the divisiveness in our world and how we can bridge <laughs> the gap. And it's just like, oh god. Sam, music brings diverse people sure. together. That is the point of yes. the show. I don't need um, them to explicitly say it, though. Um, But I'm probably going to pick All You Need Is Love. Mm, okay. Because, mm, um, you know, at my heart, I'm I'm down for some gay shit, and it was the gayest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I have some similar thoughts to you. I'm sad that Drive My Car wasn't better, because I actually really like that song. Um, but Kitty's vocals just kind of killed it for me. So. I just, yeah. And I just found like the whole Kitty and Artie storyline to be honestly kind of yeah. heinous. Like, I'm just not interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, in I do slightest. really like Gotta Get You Into My Life. Um, mostly I think for the marching band, like you said, it's kind of like a pet band number. So that's fun. Yeah. And it definitely sounds like, you know, oh, we got to do a Beatles marching show this yes. year. Here's yes. the number. Like, um, but yeah. the one I picked was "All You Need Is Love" as well. Um, I, I, yeah, because I mean, you got to yeah. right. It's like so heavy pageantry. Yeah, I, it's the spectacle. You know, I am here <laughs> for the spectacle. So I picked it. I could. Yeah, we all are. Um, so Maggie, that leads us into our last piece of podcast business: the slushy rating. What are you going to rate this episode? I'm gonna give this episode half a slushy. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm feeling good about it. Honestly, nice. um, the the bad parts I think were sort of the Kitty and Artie like just sort of jumping into this shit. Um, I just don't think there's like a good. I I don't like the romantic chemistry between them. I just don't think it's really sure. there. Um, and I just, I don't want Kitty's character growth to be associated with a man. I mean, I just, I just want her amen. to grow. Amen, That's all. but it's not going to happen. Yep. And the other sort of gnarly thing is when like Blaine is like, okay, Tina's a bitch. Let's help her. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, okay. Yeah. I, I do have to clarify. He never actually calls her a bitch, but like, he, he d- he doesn't say he does not say that. But you're right. Yeah. He he says who someone's been really like hot headed no, no, he, and, and yeah. angry and, and mean. bitter. And it's like <laughs> whoa. Um, but yeah, mostly because then they all were so they're like Tina. Yeah, that's that that's Tina. Yeah. <laughs> it's Tina. Um, you know, I feel that I I originally wanted to give this episode three out of five slushies. I think it was mostly just because I was so like. I had just come off of editing our last episode, so I was just kind of angry oh, sure. and glee in general. Um, I, I 
I'm feeling good about where we're going in the season right now. Yeah. Like the colors were bright. The lighting is a little bit, it felt a little bit hmm. different this episode and that like everything is a bit more pastel. It kind of reminded me of the first okay. season, honestly. Sure. I'm I'm actually going to give it one out of five slushies. It's good, yeah. right? It's high, it's high yes. energy. That's what this episode is. It's, it's not that it's good. It's just like, there's a lot of momentum that they capitalize on. Um, and it feels it feels good because there's so much music yes. that uh like I'm not really like there's even the Kitty and Artie storyline is pushed forward with music rather than just like them talking. Yes. Um No, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I think the music really helps and yeah, I think in general my biggest quibbles were mostly just that like in some ways it like continued some of the tropes of Glee where like Sue just kind of casually does some terrible stuff and Kitty kind of does some casually terrible yeah. stuff. But like at the same time, it also has, like, the Blaine. I don't know. One out of five. Yeah, we'll the the Kurt and Blaine stuff, like, the way that they are just suddenly both chill with this happening. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're, we're together. It just doesn't make a lot of sense, like, in this in this story, in, like, the Glee storyline, that it's like, Oh, they're they're fine. They're back together now. They feel great about being together. Great enough that they're going to get engaged. Yeah. <laughs> in our plot, in like our canon, it makes a lot more right. sense. Where it's like, oh, Blaine is evil. He's coercing people with magic yes. to make them like to make them follow right. his will. Like it makes a lot more sense well, <laughs> that the that the story is going in this direction. Yeah, and honestly, it's even fun. Like I. I, I don't understand. Like, I can completely understand why there's a lot of fan fiction about why Blaine is evil secretly. There really isn't. Oh, okay. Like, I, in in comparison to the massive amounts of claim fan fiction sure. out there. Listen, we could have a podcast just I would about that. Not. There is massive amounts. I, millions of words. Um, um, but, like... There are, so, there are some good ones. I could pick you out a few. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know if I'd be able to find them, though. Um, it's been a while since I've been, read any of that sort of but, stuff. But um, the, uh, the thing I was going to say is that, like, it just, it's so, it's so much better to view the story through the lens of this way. Because, like, it makes so much more sense that Blaine is able to, like, coerce all these people into doing what he wants. But he specifically doesn't coerce Kurt using magic. He just uses normal shitty relationship things, like forcing yeah. Normal peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, peer pressure, making Kurt feel like his only value is derived from Blaine acknowledging it. Like, <laughs> so many things that are just, like, actual things in real life that are terrible and shitty. But, like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, but, like, the fact that Kurt told his dad, like, I'm not sure I'm ever going to find somebody else who makes me feel this way. Yeah. Is... It's- I mean, it's definitely, like, sort of a red oh, flag, it's right? it's 100% a red flag. Like, yeah. I, it's, like, the same thing we talked about with Wemma, where, like, Emma feels like she can't be... like, And even, like, Shannon and Will, where Shannon has talked about how, like, Will is the only person who's ever made her feel like a woman. And it's like, whoa, like, you need to, like, get away from him. Yeah. But... Also reevaluate, like, what gender yes, is. Well, <laughs> yeah. But... Anyway, that's this week's episode. It is. Uh, how are you feeling about um where where we stand um, at the beginning of season I think, five? I, I think the fact that like like you're saying it's a Beatles tribute, and so like they crammed in as much music as they could because I have a feeling they were like, oh, we can finally do this. We have to use as much music as possible right now. It is. So. It is a high high energy happy yeah. episode. 
Um, I wonder how that felt, like in the context. Oh, watching knowing. It, oh, shit. knowing, like yeah. the, like feeling sad about Corey Monteith's yeah. passing. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it too. Is that like they know where we're going, so they intentionally are making these first yeah. episodes like very upbeat and like trying to make sure we have a lot of like good like plot lines to follow later. Also, like like good feelings about yes. the show well because that's one of the things like <laughs> in that like big like proposal number i i wrote down and i wrote down another that was like everyone is obviously Ooh. here except for finn like it's kind of yeah. obvious that like we're missing that's finn. that is yeah. sad like i'm sort of well, bummed out but by, by you next, saying that the, the nice <laughs> thing is next week is the second half of this theme it's still the Beatles stuff we don't have to think about that yet in the meantime if anyone has feelings and by anyone I don't mean you I mean our listeners obviously oh, I mean if you have feelings okay. that's fine but I don't care um <laughs> I share them with you all though. yes anyway um, but if fine. you our listeners have anything you want to share with us you can reach us on twitter at snm or by email snm at gmail.com snm at gmail.com we also have uh instagram snm and we have a Patreon page. Uh, you can go search us on the Patreon platform. S&M Hankley, Sam and Maggie Hankley should all be there. Uh, and we push most of our donations to donating ourselves. Right now it's to the Trans Law Center. And I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, We're just going to keep I think putting money there. Good call. Um, yeah. So uh, cross your fingers for the Supreme oh Court decisions. God. Yay. I can't. Any, I just... Like, bummer topic, but, like, literally the fact that all of these things also show pictures of fucking Brett Kavanaugh makes me want to vomit every time I see one. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, next week we'll be back with Glee, um, and we'll be back with season season five, episode two, Tina in the Sky with Diamonds. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Are they all going to do drugs together? (laughs) What if that was the next episode? Is that they, like, all go on a mushroom trip together? It's the booze episode, but with LSD. I, that would actually be pretty I, exciting. I, I, I would watch, watch that. The fuck out of that. Oh my God. <laughs> but next week, we'll see if that's true. I seriously doubt it. But until it. then, <laughs> until then, I've been And Sam. I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. Da 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 da